again, everyone. This is Gary Roth with the Blue Collar Consulting Group. Happy to be back on the podcast. And like usual, we're going to get right into it. And so the focus of today's podcast is simply eight reasons why prospects don't buy from you. This uh, is actually inspired by HubSpot, a great resource for sales and marketing and gosh, all kinds of things. So if you haven't signed up for the HubSpot email, you may want to. Um, They get a little crazy, but I think that overall, if you can filter through uh, some of the extra stuff, you'll find that it's actually really helpful. So I love sales. If you're in any kind of sales or marketing or recruiting, any kind of like customer direct, I don't know, action, you you may want to listen up. I think that this will be really helpful. So eight reasons why your prospects don't buy from you. So, you know, it doesn't matter how good you are at selling. I mean, come on, you're never going to close 100% of the deals. And if you think that you're going to, you're, you're setting yourself up for some pretty massive resentment and definitely would not recommend that. However, comma, if there is a situation in which you find yourself frequently losing these deals, you get on kind of like a bad run. The bad thing about a bad run is that it creates more badness. So we want to try to interrupt the cycle of losing. And we've got we've got a few things that you can think about moving forward. And it might be able to trigger a change that would be really helpful. So let's start off with like the qualification sorts of stuff. Like your number one, the main reason why you're probably losing is because you're trying to sell to everyone. Uh, in my line of work in the Army and then out in the world also on my side hustles, you, you just can't sell to everyone. You've got to have the quality in the pipeline. You've got to have you know a full funnel. And as you move people through the funnel, you've got to get the crap out and you've got to focus on the good. Uh, one of my guys is notorious for getting a guy or a gal ready to make a move and then to find out they're not qualified. And so you love the fact that they can get folks interested, but at the same time, what good is a non-qualified interested person? So when you look at your pipeline, it's about quality, not quantity. So if you know if you have some folks out there that aren't buying from you, um, it may sound like, I'm not really sure we need your product. I'm pretty sure we don't need your service. You know, Uh, You wouldn't sell a bulldozer to an office, okay? So let's make sure that we're targeting our people properly and let's make sure that we are pre-qualifying them or getting as much background information as you can because just just because a kid is interested in a bulldozer doesn't mean you want to sell one to a kid because you probably can't. Kids don't have money for the most part. You know, it might be counterintuitive to walk away from someone, but narrowing your focus is the big deal. Uh, Even in podcast production or website creation, it's all about niching down, you know, going down, hyper-focused on what you're trying to do. So, you know, take the time to narrow your focus, take the time to talk to less people, but more qualified people, and you'll find that things turn around rather quickly. Number two, you're, you're driving the customers away. You know, this might sound like I'm not interested. Please stop contacting me. There's a reason why people don't answer random phone numbers. Marketers ruin everything. They don't want to be sold to, right? And if you keep blowing them up with your email instead of actually genuinely connecting and helping, 
you know, they're going to go unanswered. And so right now, everybody is on edge. The extended car warranty calls, come on, how many of those have we received, right? So you've got to dial back the fake enthusiasm. You've got to stop pestering people. Instead, act like yourself. Provide real value. I would say that you need to do the research, do the work ahead of time. Again, it goes back to quality over quantity. Learn as much as you possibly can about your prospects. Get all of that basic information somewhere else. If you're connected with them on LinkedIn, don't ask them their job. Go look for it. And then you have powerful information like, hey, how's your job at the Tanner Corporation, right? What's it like leading your team? You know, X, Y, Z. So don't be basic, right? Go that next level. Have a little bit of background information that generates genuine conversation. Number three, you're not really surfacing objections, right? So it might sound like, you know, this is a pretty big concern for us. So I think we're going to XYZ, whatever. So look, looking for objections is kind of rough. It's a little bit scary. Uh, but once you acknowledge them, they're out there. These are concrete reasons why your your potential customer shouldn't buy. But the reality is objections exist whether or not you hear them. They're, they're going to be out there. And the best time to resolve those concerns is in the beginning, in the middle, when the buyer's mind, you know, or your prospect's mind is still open. So let's get after those objections sooner than later. Um, here, here are some great sample questions provided by HubSpot. Thank you, guys. Uh, if this didn't go through, what would the reason be? We've talked about why you like this product or service. Can we spend some time on maybe what you don't like? You know, it's very normal for people to have some concerns about this type of purchase. Are you open to sharing yours with me if you have any? You know, we've discussed the pros. We've discussed all the good things. What are some of the bad things that you see? You know, I understand that folks, you know, sometimes want some time to think about it. X, Y, Z. You know, what do you... uh you know, what do you think? Where are you at? What's holding you back? There's some ways that you can shape those objections to where you don't sound like a, you know, a pushy jerk. Number four, uh, the reasons people might not be buying from you is because, well, maybe you're not creating urgency. It might sound like, well, maybe next year, maybe next spring, whatever. Now, you know, you are 100% focused on your service or your product, but it's just another thing fighting for your for their attention. So they may not see it as importantly as you do. So now without a reason to buy now rather than later, the procrastinator comes in, all right? It's gonna die on the vine. You want it to come to fruition? Then you need to start asking probing questions to kind of prove or reveal why they need it and they need it now. Here's five examples. Again, thank you, HubSpot. What happens if you don't solve this problem by a certain date? Describe the consequences of missing this goal. Can you explain what's riding on this strategy? Is fixing, addressing, improving uh, uh, this a priority right now? Where would you say on, it would fall on your list of priorities? How long has this been an issue? Tell me why you're focusing on it now. So what we're doing is we're basically asking them to kind of create their own sense of urgency. Describe for us. We're, we're, uh, we're expanding on the potential uh, problem. We're, you know, kind of filling up the balloon, so to speak. 
The uh, fifth reason why you probably aren't closing more deals is you aren't helping them feel safe. You know, for my line of work in the Army, we have to stress that we're going to be there through the whole process. We're going to be there not to hold your hand, but to be there to ask your questions, to be a resource. No one wants to put their neck on the line for something they're not 100% confident about. This kills so many deals. Uh, You know, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, we're just letting folks just kind of wander out there with information, not doing much, la la la, whatever. You have to establish credibility. You have to build your reputation. You have to make them feel comfortable. It's an investment. We have to kind of reduce reduce the risks involved. Establish credibility by, you know, refer to some of your current customers. The more well-known, the better. Like in my world, refer to other soldiers. You know, talk about real people and their real story. You could send case studies and testimonials. You can connect them with certain references. Like in my line of work, we try to connect them with commanders and other leaders within the military. Share some positive online reviews. And then finally, bring up any awards or industry honors, you know, like the J.D. Power Award, you know. Those types of things help to build credibility because they come from people that aren't trying to sell them anything. Number six, you probably aren't selling value. It may sound like this isn't a priority for us at the moment. Here's a pro tip. As a sales professional, you aren't selling products and services. You're selling the result. You're selling the value of these products and services. Buyers don't care what the product is or the features. They care about what it does. How's it going to make their lives better? How's it going to improve profits? What has it done for other people in the same situation? When you sell the value of the product, you're you're positioning your offer to be something the prospect can't you know can't be without right like a guy you know a recruiter for the army might say well what would your life be like without college how much better would your life be with college okay i'm going to help you see the goal but we've got to start somewhere as you work with them help them get clear on you know how much easier faster more efficient you know help them see the end state help them see why it is so important and then sometimes you may have to do that by showing them what life would be like without it here's a good one number seven you aren't listening to them active listening is important they may tell you something like this isn't quite what we're looking for active listening is a key key skill right um this isn't what we're looking for that's that's a missed opportunity if your conversations with your prospects are all one-sided the gift of gab, my friends, is not a good tactic, is not a good trait to have, right? Nobody's going to be talked into anything. Like, that's not what we do. You have to be an active listener. You have to actually listen. Repeat back some of what you heard. For example, what I heard you say was XYZ. Is that correct? Ask thoughtful questions. Pause. Get some uncomfortable silence in there. Make them talk. Make them fill out the empty spaces in the problem or the idea. Get them talking. That's the real key. Finally, number eight, your sales process may be broken. If you find a lot of your prospects don't make it far enough in your process to raise an objection, that's a good indication that your sales process is broken. Or maybe your funnel has a leak and it needs to be addressed right away. In this scenario, it means your your people are either, you know, you're not being qualified. There's a missed opportunity to follow up. Uh, maybe you're not doing the right thing with your follow ups with the ones who are qualified. Go through the sales process step by step. 
Is it the phone call? Is it the appointment? Is it the follow-up? Is it your materials? Analyze, first of all, break down every step of the process into manageable chunks and then see what happens. For example, I get him on the phone. Can I get him into the office? Can I create an appointment? Okay, that's good. During the appointment, do they agree to a follow-up? Do they agree to transfer? Do they agree to buy? No, okay. Well, do they respond to follow-ups? And if so, when do they normally respond to follow-ups? You, you have to track this stuff. If you don't track it, you're going to be six months into a sales career and have no idea why you don't have any sales. But if you can sit down, break it down, then you will be a lot more successful. So again, remember, step number one, don't try to sell to everyone. Sell to specific qualified folks. Don't drive them away. Don't be afraid of those objections. Help them come out in the middle. Create that urgency. Create the, uh, Help them feel safe. Create value. Listen and analyze your process. This is a great place to start. So again, first things first, if you've got some time in, sit down and look at the actual process. Break it down into chunks. Start analyzing your outcome at every step and then see what you need to do. And then of course, you know, you can go on if it's the interview, then you know, you you do all these types of things. So just just break it down, analyze see where you need to go. And then once you know where you have like a bottleneck or a choke point or a fail point, then the rest becomes super easy because trust me, there are millions of resources to help you get it right. So listen, thanks for tuning in. If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's at BCCG underscore main, like Main Street. BlueCollarConsultingGroup.com is where the blog is. And we would love to have you interact with us, check us out, and uh, give us some feedback on what you think. So thanks for tuning in. Good luck out there. Remember to break it down, analyze each step. You're going to be awesome. See you later.